my loves. It is Lala Kent. Welcome back to the Give Them Lala podcast. I'm podcasting today from the Graduate Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee in this fabulous bed. Dolly Parton's photo painting picture is hanging above me. I'm feeling all the fabulous vibes. I feel like it's the perfect person to be hanging above my head because she has amazing boobs. Mm-hmm. And when I get home from tour, I'm getting my boobs done just to celebrate the fact that I'm a national bestseller, the fact that I completed my first podcast tour. So she's giving me great tiggled bitty vibes. <laughs> Dolly Parton's a bad bitch. She is a bad bitch. She's amazing. Amazing. So we only have two, no, three more shows left. One tonight. Mm-hmm. In Nashville. In Yes. But by the time this airs, we will have completed Nashville. Yes. We will have completed New Orleans. And we will have, we'll be waiting on Houston, Texas. How are you feeling so far? Like right now at this moment, we haven't done Nashville. So I think we have five shows done. How are you feeling? It's such a weird feeling because like for me, and I, I say this in my shows because it is surreal, like when I go on stage and everyone's showing me all the love in the world and just people who have supported me for so long, I go into this zone of like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't recognize the fact, like when people come up to me and they're like, I love you. Thank you for sharing your story. It's still a bit surreal to me because I just feel like I'm talking on this microphone and like, I don't know where this is going. I don't know who's listening to it. You know, like I pop up on TV, but I don't know who's watching. Like it just hasn't yet hit me that like, oh, people know who I am and what I'm going through. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And it's been really cool to watch you meet these people on this tour these people who watch and support you and talk to them because you do, you know, you have a couple VIP things where you talk to some kind of like in an intimate setting and then you go into the meet and greet and then the show. But it's been really neat to watch you meet these people who support you and love you. And how do you feel about that? Because I know that was one of your main goals on this tour was you were like, I literally just want to meet these people who have been supporting me for so long. It feels amazing like there was one woman who came to a show and her her mom had passed away and she was just going through it and that's my time to like really connect with my people Mm -hmm. in person another girl said I inspired her to get sober and she's 13 months sober and she brought her AA book and had me sign it and like I wrote a note and it's just you know that's when you remember what this life is about you know yeah it's not about all of the things that are portrayed on instagram it's not about all these things that we watch on tv whether it's vanderpump rules housewives keeping up with the or the kardashians it's about those moments where we can connect and get real and get vulnerable i love the meet and greets that we're doing because the people that i get to connect with in the meet and greets those people get to see like Lauren from Utah. Yes. Like my truest self where I'm not trying to entertain you, mm-hmm. not trying to perform. I'm just like a bitch trying to connect. I like those moments. I've heard a lot. It's funny because you like listen and you hear a lot of the things 
because you're in it, but I'm sort of off to the side. So after people meet you, I can they walk away and I can kind of hear what they say. And I hear a lot of, she's so nice. And I hear a lot of, she's so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so cute. But I think people are, you are nice. That was my first, you're sweet and real. And that was my first thought when I interviewed with you. I went into that interview and I was like, okay, Jessica, just like, She's a bad bitch, so she's probably going to be mean, and it's okay. Don't take it personally. And then I walked out of my interview with you, and I was like, what was that? She's like the nicest woman I've ever met. That's really sweet, And I think sweet, a lot Jess. of people are not – they know you're nice, but I think you – because it's an energy. You can't feel the energy until you're in front of people. I agree. And they feel the kind energy, and it's like game changer. And I love watching it. It's really cool. I just love meeting – meeting all of you guys I mean the fact like so many people have been like I listen to your podcast every week Mm -hmm. and no one's forcing them to do that yeah no one's forcing them to buy give them Lala products Mm -hmm. like they're doing that because they mess with me Mm -hmm. they like me I have great products (laughs) you do it's just so sweet it is sweet so I always feel the need the second I step on the stage and it still even five shows in like I get on stage and I have to take a moment mm-hmm. and I have to announce to the crowd that I need to take a moment because it is very overwhelming. Yeah. To see all those people and hear them and when you have a group of people who owe you fucking nothing. Yeah. They don't know me from Adam. Yeah. Right. They know me because of what they they've seen and they've gathered and there's like a glimpse of like oh I relate to her in this way or we're bonded in this way. But like they're coming and showing up obviously because they want to have a great night out. But we're in Nashville, Tennessee right now. There's a million things they could be going to entertain themselves Mm -hmm. with. And they chose me. And I've chosen them. (laughs) And you've chosen them. It's really great. This has been a lot of fun. I can't wait for the rest of the shows. I think Nashville will be fun. I have a really fun guest for New Orleans. Oh, yes. Yeah. I have a freaking epic guest and then in texas my my guest is i'll just tell you guys my best friend since childhood we've been friends for 31 years and she's just a brilliant beautiful spirit a lot of people know her as the hot girl from grown-ups the adam sandler movie (laughs) she had like a seven page spread in maxim magazine Mm -hmm. i always looked up to her i still look up to her Mm -hmm. she's my soulmate and so as we wrap up the tour I need a piece of home to wrap it up with and you guys are like well you guys are sisters when I first met her and saw you two together I was like oh oh these are like sisters what is her Instagram handle so people who are going to those shows could check her out she's awesome you guys she is awesome it's I'm Madison but she spells it (laughs) like medicine oh I love it so So I'm medicine I am Madison, but it's like medicine. So it's I-A-M-M-A-D-I-C-I-N-E. My little brilliant superstar. She's great. And talk about energy, you guys. You're going to feel it when she's on stage with Lala. And it's going to be really sweet to see their connection, for you guys to see their connection. And also the games, since you guys have known each other for so long, I think the games are going to be fun. The games will be fun because I want to bring other like best friends up and see who knows their best friend best. Yes. I just, the tour, even though like it seems like a short period of time, Mm -hmm. when you have a child that's at home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it becomes the longest 
you know, like I FaceTime with her every day. She's at home with my mom. There were too many back-to-back cities. I selfishly wanted to bring her. Mm -hmm. But I just, and it's so funny because when I tell moms that, they're like, you don't want to mess her schedule up. I get it. Oh, All of the moms are like, I don't blame you. It's it's so funny. I didn't even think of that. Well, the three-hour difference even from LA to Florida was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Yeah. So you so she's home with Gigi. She's home with Gigi. They're having the best time. I just I miss her terribly. How did you feel yesterday? Cuz yesterday was Mother's Day. Um and I thought that might be a really hard day for you, but surprisingly to me, you were very positive and you FaceTimed them and like you know, I know Ocean and your mom sent you flowers and we got you donuts. So I think it was I was like pleasantly surprised because it was like a sweet day. It How was a sweet feel? day. Yeah. Like my mom said, like for us, it's always me, my mom, and Ocean. Mm-hmm. So like it's really Mother's Day every single day of right. the week for us. <laughs> right. And like my mom said, when you get home, we can celebrate mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Like just because it's that day doesn't mean like we can't still celebrate it. Yes. So I was okay with it. And you know, I, yeah. I'm out here and I have to work. Yeah. That's just what it is. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm a working single mama slaying the damn game. I have an appreciation for all mothers, but I had to give a shout out to my single moms because, you know, that shit's not easy. Yeah. They deserve a lot of recognition. All the mamas do. Yesterday was a really sweet day. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's fulfilling the role of a mother. So I'm excited for today's podcast episode. I interviewed and talked to Leah McSweeney, who is a breath of fresh air on The Real Housewives of New York. We deep dive into her book, Being a Mom, her sobriety journey, which is always, I love talking about sobriety. It's one of my most favorite topics. And by the way, you guys, I have gotten a lot of messages being like, can you please redo the episode of you talking about sobriety because he whose name we shall not mention this is their these are their words not mine Mm -hmm. is so annoying we cannot listen to his voice he constantly cuts you off and it's torture Mm -hmm. so please redo it because we will not go back and listen to that episode if he's on it and i (laughs) i snapped my fingers and said you tell them bitch (laughs) so i'm gonna redo one of those episodes that type of episode yeah yeah, yeah, that's great because we've gotten multiple DMs about that and they're like, I really, it helps me, but I don't want to listen to it right now. Yes. <laughs> so Th- Their words, not mine, yes. Jess. I know. I took screenshots and maybe one day we can read them all because they're kind of funny. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> they're great. You guys are hilarious. That's another thing. Your your crew is wild. Like you guys get buck wild and you're fun and you're positive and like... I just, it's been great. You know, this tour has been amazing too because I was worried coming out. I mean, we did an episode where I was like, stop asking me about this topic. I don't want to talk about it. So I've literally, I've been gotten, okay, that's a lie. There was literally one person during the Q&A who asked about that person. Mm -hmm. The entire (laughs) crowd booed them Boo. <laughs> yelled <laughs> profanities yeah <laughs> and she literally just sat down yeah, <laughs> i felt so bad yeah 
But that was the one and only time. And I think it was too. (laughs) I think it was a girl who brought her mom and the girl was like a big Give Them Lala fan and her mom was new but like was maybe a little less. And when she asked that and everybody booed, she just like shrugged and she's like, I don't know. Like she like didn't realize like, no, no, no. That's not the place to ask I I mean, we're in a room full of like Give Them Lala. Like, this is the squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really amazing. Really sad for her. I know. <laughs> but the room went buck wild with booze and, like, a lot of funny statements. It was. <laughs> it was funny. But all in all, the questions they've been asking, the questions you guys have been asking were great. Yeah. I'm sprinting through that crowd with that mic going each and every... I'm trying to get as many people as I can. I swear. So... That's another thing. I, I, I'm doing what I can with that mic, and if I miss you, I'm sorry. That's okay. We're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. So we'll cut to a short break, and when we come back, we have the epic Leah McSweeney. Have you done your Mother's Day shopping yet? Friendly reminder, use Rakuten. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while you shop. And this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cashback event of the entire year. You get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. I'm talking Adidas, Splendid, Ray-Ban, Elf Cosmetics, Dermastore, Lego, Stanley, and even Dyson. New Dyson vacuum for me and the new house. Yes, I am treating myself and enjoying some serious cash back. I love seeing those Rakuten cash back deposits in my PayPal account. Rakuten will also send you a check if you don't have PayPal. So join the 15 million members, including me, who are already saving with Rakuten. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You will not see higher cashback rates than these. So go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I have been very transparent with you guys about my hair struggles between the pregnancy hormones and bleaching it all the time. I have been having some serious hair issues, and now with baby number two on the way, I'm already being proactive about my hair thanks to Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding, and I am definitely one of those people. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning, which are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. You can take the Nutrafol hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Because I know we are all different and we're on different hair journeys. Nutrafol makes building a hair growth routine super easy. Purchase online, no prescription required. You get free shipping and automatic deliveries so that you never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Give Them Lala listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code LALA. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LALA. That's Nutrafol.com. Promo code LALA. Welcome back, my loves. 
we have someone who I've been wanting to get on the podcast for a really long time, and you guys have literally been harassing me daily to have Leah McSweeney on, and she's here. Hi, babe. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like me and you like would get into trouble together if we hung out. I mean, the good trouble. <laughs> the good trouble. Well, we would get into trouble together. I felt like the second you stepped on to Real Housewives of New York, you were my spirit animal and you were everything that so many of us were begging for. <laughs> Thank you. You're obviously a businesswoman. You're like no stranger to being a hustler. But was it strange having cameras watch your every move? Because it seems very organic for you. Like you almost watching you. It's like the cameras aren't even there. I felt pretty like I felt pretty like like comfortable in front of the cameras. I mean, you looked like it. And by the way, I have to say, your mom and dad are my most favorite humans on the planet. Oh my god, thank you. They're so cute, right? They're good. Good. I'm so happy to hear that they're good because they give me all the life in the world. You need your own show. They love being on camera. Oh, well we love we love seeing them. So let's deep dive into, first of all, you are now a published author of Chaos Theory. Love the name. Love the cover. You look hot as fuck. It took photo shoots to get to that picture, but it was worth it. It is worth it, right? Of course. Yeah. Because we're taught to never judge a book by its cover, but like I actively judge a book by its cover. Yes. And yes, we literally, you do judge books by their cover. And the cover is very important. The cover is like the most stressful fucking part about it. Are you kidding me? You know. I do know. And how, and the writing, did you find the writing process to be therapeutic? Oh my God. It was like more, like, I swear I'm back in therapy now because of the book. Like, because I had to rehash and think about it. And I'm like, wow, I went through all this shit. I need to get back to therapy. I actually like recommitted to sobriety. I like stopped smoking weed. Um, because when I wrote the book, I was like Cali sober and now I'm like not anymore. I'm fully like back in AA, like a lot, like not to be talking about it, well, whatever. But um, so it was very therapeutic because it, it kind of brought me to another level of like knowing myself. Right. No, I can imagine. I mean, I went through the same thing and I love that you're you're in the program and I feel like a lot of old timer members of the program are like, we don't talk about it. And I'm like, we're from a generation of like, we have to talk about it because it's keeping me sober. And I feel like if I have a little piece of like the puzzle, the sober puzzle, like I have to share it. I'm not going to tell people you're in it. But I know. I remember reading, like you said that in a quote, I was like, yes, Lala, like tell those old timers, what's up, you know? I agree. It's like, well, when people are like, so how do you stay sober? What am I supposed to say? Like, cause it's AA, it's the program. So like, what am I, like, what am I going to lie and say? Like, I just, you know, pray and that's it. I mean, what am I going to say? Like, I have to say that I'm in the program and a 12 step program. I agree with you. And I think it's really hard to stay sober if you're not in a program holding you accountable and doing all of those things. Yeah. Like, cause I stopped going and then started drinking again. So I know I tried it. I mean, I've tried to do it without the program. It's actually very hard to be, it's, it's easier to like be, it's, it's not as painful to be drunk than to be sober and not in the program because like not drinking and not being in the program and just being dry is like horrific. 
It is horrific. I've been around dry people and there are many moments that I've acted dry and I'm like, time to get your ass into a meeting. But it's hard being like, because let's be honest, it's not like you and I are a part of a scripted series where a a character is created for us. Like we have to be ourselves, but it's hard for me at times to implement these 12 steps when I know what my living entails and what I have to do to like, you know, I know because the 12 steps are like the opposite. Like I just did my fourth step and it was, like, I'm like, wait, how am I going to implement these 12 steps and be, and do what I do because it involves like being calling people out and being petty sometimes and like going off and speaking your mind, no matter if it's going to annoy somebody because we're here to entertain. Right. So it's interesting. I mean, you know, yeah, it's a conundrum. It really is. And I love that you're on the fourth step because I literally had to go back to the fourth step. And I told my sponsor, I was like, this is going to take a while. Just so you know, this is a process. Okay. So you sit down, you decide to write this book were there things that you said, this is going to be off limits? I'm not discussing it. Yeah, there was definitely a couple things that I did not. I knew right away I wasn't going to talk about. And then there were things that I put in the first draft that my editor was like, mm, like, yeah, I don't think you should put this in there. And I listened to her, you know, mm-hmm. I needed this book to be to show the other side of addiction, right? And like the growth, you know? And also whatever, like motherhood and, and my life. So there were war stories that I think she was like, this doesn't need to be in there. Yeah, there were moments that I like I was in the same boat. I wrote about certain things and the my editor would say, I don't think this is going to hit the way you think it's going to hit. And I'm like, we can't take that chance. Let's take that shit out. So I also tried tried to listen, which if you're like me, it's very hard for people to like penetrate this brain oh my god same I was like what why is she like why does she think that she knows better than I do I'm like oh well she kind of and then I realized she's protecting me like she's right. just protecting she has my best interest in mind you know like that's what it is it's nothing personal she's looking out for me so how old were you when you had Kier? 24 24 would you say because I think it depends on where you come from like All of my friends were like engaged at 20, popping out their first kid at 21. Did you feel like at 24, you were like young to have a baby? Yeah, because in New York, that's young. You know what I mean? Like it's not like people were not like my friend group was not. They all were having abortions, but they weren't having babies yet. I mean, honestly, you know, like that's totally like. People were getting pregnant, but no one was like, I want to have a kid, you know? And I was like, oh my God, I, I'm, yeah, but then it made sense. I'm like, of course I had a kid at 24, like unwed, you know, like I kind of, it kind of made sense. I was like, hmm, yeah, but I definitely felt like, how am I going to do this? But I was also so young that I was fearless at the same time. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, there was no inhibitions or however that's saying it. What is that word? Inhibitions? Yeah. Inhibitions. Release your inhibitions. Exactly. Yes. I just went for it. I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm doing this. And Rob was very supportive and was very happy. And that made it obviously a much different situation. Yeah. I feel like it would be different if you had like an epic co-parent, right? Yeah. I mean, if, but if some saying if Rob was like, oh, damn, I don't know. Like, how are we going to do this? Then I would have been like, you're right. I don't know how we're going to do this. But he was like, 
very excited and very like, we got this. Don't worry. So I was like, okay, that put me at ease. What's the age difference between you and Rob? 12 years. 12 years. So at that point in time, did he have like his career and you knew you were in a safe place to bring a baby into? You mean like financially stable? Yes, that's what I mean. (laughs) You know what? At that point, I was making, I actually the next year, once I had Cure, I like got like my, my business became like very lucrative and I was making more money than him. So that kind of like fucked with our relationship also, because I don't know, I'm, I don't want to make more money than my man. I kind of do. I don't really wait. Why? I want us to be making the same amount because the guys can't deal with it. They say they can, they cannot. It hurts their fucking ego. Then they get insecure and then they get resentful so it's almost like they need to make more and i know that sounds very backwards and there's a lot of there's a lot of relationships where it does work and the woman is the breadwinner and of course it's 2022 but me personally i want i mean look i haven't even been dating so you know i mean i'd probably take anything at this point but but i think long term i would want the guy to make more money than me you know unless i like start making an insane amount of money but it's New York. You know what? You're you're right. If we're talking about my bank account now, then yeah, he's got to be making more money than me. <laughs> Otherwise, we may we, be in deep shit. We don't want to. We don't want to. Yeah, we, I, we no. Mm-mm. I need like I've been paying my own damn rent for too long. <laughs> like, I'm ready. Right. And so you've had married to the mob since you were 25. I've had it since I was 22. 20 fucking two. You are so badass. <laughs> Thank you. And what made you start it? Like, was it that you were just extremely passionate about like streetwear or was it you wanted to have a business and that was just the direction you were pulled in? Honestly, I think it was fate and like the universe and like just, I mean, of course I was totally into fashion. I was into streetwear. I was, you know, Rob had a life. I was hanging out with like all our friends and it was all dudes that had their own brands. And I'm like, these guys are making, they have these brands. It's not like rocket science. They're making t-shirts and sweatshirts and some one-off little items. Like I can do this, but I'll do it like with my perspective on the streetwear world. That's very male dominated. And it really just started with like four t-shirts and I didn't have any expectations. I was just having fun at first. And I really, this is why I really did it because the guys were getting free trips all over the world. And I was like, I want to travel for free. I want someone to pay for my fucking airfare to go to Japan or like Germany or whatever. Cause these guys are all getting free trips and I love traveling. Oh my God. It just made married to the mob an even cooler story that you started because you were like, I just want to fucking travel for free, bitch. Yeah. And I got a lot of free trips. It was great. Okay. So tell me the moment that fucking Rihanna posted. Okay. Can I just tell you when I see anybody who's at the level of Rihanna and they're repping something by a Bravo Leb, I don't know why I take that as a win for myself as well, because I'm like, yes, bitch. But when I saw that, I was like, we've all fucking made it. I love that. I love that. It's a sisterhood. I wish other people, other people, I wish other women on the network would think like that. I mean, I died. Okay. So for the listeners, if you've been living under a rock, that's my saying. If like, you don't know what's going on, Rihanna posted, she had like the cute bucket hat on with the sunglasses. And then she had a t-shirt that said M 
T-T-M. It said bitch mom. It's fine. It was one of, but it was my shirt. Oh, it and said then the- bitch. Okay. So then it was tagged. Married to the mob was tagged though. And you. Yes. And she also, if you didn't notice her manicure matched the graphic, which is like mind blowing to me. I'm like, did she do that on purpose or she had that manicure and then put it on? Like how, like she's epic. She's just the most epic bitch. I was so on fire for you when that happened. Like, that's got to be surreal. Like, I'm telling you, if Rihanna was just, like, walking around with Lala's face on her, I'd be like, you can't fuck with me. I'm literally untouchable now. It was incredible. Like, it really was. Because, you know, not only was she like, I'm Team Leah, she was also, like, co-signing my brand. You know, and she's worn the brand before, you know, but for her to put it and plug it on totally. her Instagram, obviously, sales were crazy that day, that whole, you know, week. But, um... She's just, she's the best. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast. Part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. Okay, so I'm a part of the Bravo Network, but I'm also an Uber fan. I watch every single Real Housewives franchise ever. And obviously, when you stepped on, it was like a breath of fresh air. Now we're sitting here with our thumbs up our asses being like, where we at y'all? Like, I need it for my soul. I know. Do we know anything? Not really. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer, but I think the two like Ronies is kind of cool. I think it's a good idea. I personally have no idea which show I'll be on. Like, I kind of want to be on Legacy because I want to be like, I'm assuming Dorinda will be on. I'm assuming, you know, I, I want to be with Zorinda Tinsley, maybe they'll make up at some point. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying I know that they're going to be on the show. I don't even know what the format is or anything, but I don't know. I don't know anything. I really don't. I, I want you and Tinsley back on my television. Yes. I want Tinsley to make up with Dorinda, but it also makes for great TV that they're at each other's throats. True. See, I can watch from like a viewer standpoint and also like being a part of it. And by the way, like I don't even know what's happening with Vanderpump. I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs being like, what are we doing? Where are we at? Yeah. So that's just how I feel. I want you guys back. I feel like all the people that they like threw off need to come back (laughs) or like need a new. You guys all need a new show together or something like I just want you like when you first ventured on to the scene, like I want that cast back. I know that was a good season. That was fun. It was a great season. So let's venture back into your book because I'm super, super hyped for you. And being a published author is like, it's no joke and it's pretty huge. And you said that you talk about being a mom in your book. Where were you as far as like, because I know you've struggled with drugs and alcohol. I completely relate to that. Where were you in life when Kira was born? 
So I was, I had definitely stopped doing like super hard drugs, you know, because I figured like it's going to kill me, but I was like drinking a lot. I was definitely doing like blow and taking pills. And, you know, for me, that was like, not, not hardcore. Um, and I was partying. I was just at the club every night. Like I was still doing mob, but mob was like so new and I was making it work for me. I could, you know, go to sleep at 6am or 4am and wake up at 11 or noon and do my emails and do my work or whatever. So I was definitely like in the midst of being a party girl. And then I got pregnant. And then it was really easy for me to not drink during my pregnancy. I don't know why. I just like felt like those hormones were so good for me. Like I felt great being pregnant. And it was one of the happiest times of my life. Like me and Rob were getting along and I don't know. I felt so purposeful and like I had something to plan for and like, I don't know, had someone else to like live for, you know. But then once I had her, I had such depression. I had such postpartum. Oh, wow. What, what does someone do? Cause were you breastfeeding? If you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I was, I, I breastfed for like 15 months or something. And did you feel like postpartum, forgive me if I'm like being stupid with this question, but I remember postpartum being something and where, where you and I are pretty close in age, I believe. Did you feel like you could talk about it? I felt like at that time I felt so isolated, like, and I felt so like, I didn't know what I was doing. I had a newborn. I had my business, me and Rob were fighting. I was like so mad at him because he was like, like going to spending so much time at work. I felt like so much was falling on me. And I didn't know actually at the time about postpartum. Like I just thought I was needed to, I don't know. Like I, I actually don't know. I just, I started drinking again. You know, I started, I started drinking very soon after. And, um, that's like when it got really dark and then I stopped drinking and got sober when she was two and didn't drink for like almost a decade. I remember that. I remember that you started, you picked up again on the season, right? Before, 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 Yeah. I was like trying to kind of stop because I was like, Oh my God, I'm on a reality show. Like I can't be the train wreck. Like I, like, this is my worst nightmare. Like I have to stop again, but it was already too late. Like Pandora's box was open. I was not stopping again. And you know, I I had to like, I couldn't close it. Did you feel like you had like conquered your alcoholism? Cause I know a lot of times like we feel like, Oh, I've grown out of it. Like I don't even crave it anymore. So I can have a drink. Did you feel like that happened to you? That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I'm in a different place. I have all my shit together. I'm emotionally, mentally stable. I'm feeling awesome. And I know that I'm not gonna, I really think I can drink regularly now. And that was such a fucking lie. Like that was such a, my brain playing tricks on me. I love having this conversation with you because you know, I, I remember when I first got sober, I was in the rooms really often, you know, it was like, I was die hard for it. And then, you know, you're a year in two years in and you start pulling back on the meetings, not because you feel like you don't need them, but just life happens. And yeah, right. And so when I can have conversations with other strong women who have chosen the path of sobriety, it like, it's taking a piece of the program and I'm like implementing it into this podcast. So having a meeting right now, like I know I love it. It's so cool. 
I have to say when, when and I know I can say this to you, but when you guys were at that like clam bake or whatever, and you started losing your shit. <laughs> oh my God. That was epic. That was like, I feel like that's like me. Like I felt all those things. Like this is the thing. The alcohol let me do it. Right. That's how I, I wasn't drunk. I would have been wanting to do all of that, but I wouldn't because my other brain, my brain is going, Nope, you can't do that because there's rules and we're civilized and society and you don't act that way. But then when I drink, it's like, Nope, I'm doing this and I'm going to fucking do cartwheels and hump the floor and fucking tear shit down. And that's really what I felt like in that moment. Like actually, I'm so thrilled for you that you're sober, but you were a motherfucking vibe in that minute, in that moment. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy that the year I drank it, what we had some great, I got to drink with fucking the best of them. You like I did. I got to drink with like Sonia Moore and like, I got to get blackout drunk with Dorinda. Like it's pretty epic. And we had some great moments for TV and I got, I was yeah, I'm totally like the tiki torches, everything. Like I, I not a terrible job as a person in a relapse. Like I, it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. Happy that you're sober now. And I feel like without those moments, like so often we sit here and we question moments that happen to us and we want to sit here and like dwell on them. But I feel like without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I mean, you're a fantastic mother. You're such an, an amazing example for a strong, independent woman. Like how incredible for your daughter. Well, I feel the same way about you, by the way. Thank you. And I never used to think that way until I had Ocean. And I just look at mothers differently now. And, you know, even single mothers, like I know you have a co-parent, which is great, but like you're doing the damn thing on your own. And I know it can't be easy raising a teenager. Like what is she like? What is she into? She's actually just she just uh, left the apartment. She was um she was very excited today because she is on honor roll and she wanted a bait hoodie and it's very expensive. But I was like, because you're on the honor roll, I will get this for you. Then she, without me knowing, said to her dad, can I have a present because I'm on the honor roll? And got him to get her a Supreme backpack. I'm like, you're a little hype beast. Like, but she has her own style. And then she has like true religion jeans. She's very into her... Oh, because true religion is back. It's like these kids want to wear like Y2K stuff. Like it's right. Anyway, she's into fashion and she's into hanging out with her friends and her friend group. And, uh, you know, she does well in school. So I'm happy about that. But you that's really all you can ask for. And she's a well-adjusted, happy kid. It's like, no, she doesn't speak five languages. I don't think she's going to Harvard, like whatever. But she's she's doing great. Like she's happy. And, And she's also like, she feels good about who she is and she's not looking to other people to make her feel good or drugs or anything. Like, thank God. That's all I needed. That's all I wanted was my daughter. To- that's what every parent just prays to God for every night. Exactly. Yeah. And I have it. So I'm, I'm grateful because I don't know how I'd emotionally be able to handle having a, a teenager like me. Yeah. You're like, bitch, I'm trying to stay sober. I can't keep your ass sober too. Exactly. I would be in the grave. I do not know how my parents handle it. Like I do not, but it's scary. I mean, definitely when you're in meetings and stuff and they're, I mean, look, I'm sober. My mother is sober. You know, my sister's sober. My dad needs to be sober. And you know, this is a family 
disease too. So I definitely get scared, but I have that conversation with her like, Hey Kiki, I know you're going to experiment, but like, you should know that it's dangerous for you. You could have the gene. I think that's amazing that you're already having that conversation with her because I'm going to have to have that conversation with ocean at some point. Of course you definitely are. God, how fucking terrifying being a parent. No. Oh my God. I I remember Kiki's like first birthday. It seems like, I don't know. I I just, I wish I had like held on to those moments more or something when she was younger. Like she still like wants to cuddle with me sometimes. I'm really lucky. Like we have a good relationship. She doesn't hate me, but it's like, but it's sad when they get older. They're like, because like the young one, they're like, where does the little girl go? She's gone. Okay. I know this is a really stupid question, but does it really fly by? Yeah, it does. I mean, also, like, I feel like I didn't really enjoy being a parent till she was like six or something. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. And I sleep and I, you know, but then when I see little pictures of her, like, as like a four year old, like hanging on me and hugging me, and I'm just like, oh my God, I miss that. And I didn't like, I didn't like savor it enough or something. I guess it's hard. But like, cause you're doing, you're doing life and doing everything. And it's like fucking hard parenting, but it does fly by. It really does. Like, it's crazy. Like looking at pictures of her when she's little or videos of her when she's little, like I forget like how sassy she was. <laughs> it's really funny. And they come how they are like ocean. I can teach her the basics, like be nice to people, be kind. But her personality is just, she came out the cookie that way. Exactly. Just like we did. Totally. Right. Yes. Like there's nothing when when people comment on like how my mom raised me, I'm like, that bitch had no fucking control. Exactly. Oh, my God. My mother definitely didn't either. Right. I'm like, don't blame this on the mama, because now I look at Ocean. I'm like, I'm not responsible for anything she does in the future. (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like I want to ask you questions, but. This is your podcast. So don't you have a podcast, Leah? You know what? I had a podcast for many years and then I was like sick of like talking, but then like me, but now me and my sister, we have a podcast coming out, me and my sister. Well, I would love to be a guest on it. You're going to be a guest on it. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and talk about you. I'm a fucking open book. So before I let you go, I have the corniest question in the world. And when people asked me this, I hated the question, but I'm going to do it to you anyway. If people can take one thing away from your book, Chaos Theory, what would you want them to take away from it? Probably that if they are questioning where they are in life or dealing with addiction issues or mental health issues or like in a fucking toxic relationship, you can turn things around and like, you're not alone, but you can turn things around. I love that. That like hit me pretty hard because you know, you can, we always think that we're not going to be okay and we're going to be fucking okay. Yeah. We turn it around and we make it better. We do. We make it better than it was before. That part. Yeah. When, when everything, when we break and we get broken, we put ourselves back together, even better version than before. So it's good when you get broken. I fucking co-sign on that. Where can people purchase the book and where can people follow you? You can purchase Chaos Theory at, you know, your local independent bookstore, or if you want to just order it on Amazon, you can do that or Barnes and Nobles. And you can follow me on Instagram at Leah Mob. I really fucking adore you, Queen. I adore you, Lala. You're amazing. Thank you so much, Leah, for being on my podcast. Thank you, Lala.
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.